0: Good morning. So good to have all of you here on this beautiful day in December. We're glad that you're here. And we're also glad that those who are um, joining us by Zoom, we're glad you're a part of this service as well. So welcome, everybody. Uh, a couple of announcements. Um, today's the last day to get the... There's a little bit of feedback, John. on Okay. I just thought it may have been me. Or um, Christmas cards for the um, those who can no longer attend our services are due today. Um, also, we have uh, some opportunities to give. Obviously, Lebanon County Christian Ministries. Uh, there, there are things that are needed there. Also, we are collecting items such as. Uh, hats and mittens and scarves, um, part of our given tree, so please do that. Also, we, we're having a Christmas caroling opportunity uh, Sunday, n- December 19th at 4, we're going to be caroling on the front steps, the, those steps out here, those front steps, and uh, everyone's invited, and we have pizza, and if you'd like to come, cookie donations are welcome, And if you want to drop those cookie donations off any time during the week prior to that, just see me and we can uh, have that in the office. Uh, Next week is our annual congregational meeting. Uh, The forms for these are, for next week are out on the table there. And let's see, what else do I need to... Any other announcements today? Oh, um, I do have one. Uh, Bill Disbrow, uh, where are you? Okay, Uh, Bill is going to do a very special missions project. Uh, It's $10 a person, and he's going to train us how to hang up those banners that are now uh, in the church. Um, So he won't tell anyone how he does it, but for a cost of $10, he will show you... And it's a training opportunity, so please meet with Bill uh, and sign up for that personally, right, Bill? Yeah. Now, did you? I I do have to ask this. Did you use a ladder? I sent you a picture. No. He sent me a picture. Okay, that's how you do it. Okay, for ten dollars, I will show you. That picture. And it will go to missions. Right? Right, Bill? Okay. I'm sorry. I, I, I Okay, I'm going to still have to see it in person, but okay. Okay. But for $10. Just $10. Okay. Anyway, any other things before we go to the Lord uh, in prayer? Actually, before I do that, I do have... We are in Advent, and so in our Advent time today, this is the second Sunday of Advent, and the word is peace. From Psalms seventy-two eighteen. Bless be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. So let us pray. Gracious God, we seek you everywhere with expectant eyes, that invite us to see peace in this world today. In Christ's name, amen. If
1: we could all stand and sing. starlit night, a king is born in Bethlehem. Journey long, we seek the light that leads to the hallowed major ground. What fear we felt in the silence.
0: You may be seated. At this time of prayer, we have a, a, a few things to, to mention. First of all, I want to uh, read from Ethel Betts. Uh, she wants to thank you for all the cards and prayers. Um, and Ethel will keep praying for you. Um, As you know, um, Keith uh, went to be with the Lord, and uh, we had the service this week, so uh, Ethel, you're in our prayers. Uh, Connie Dunn is having um, surgery this week uh, to have the battery replaced in her pacemaker, so keep her in prayer. Ron and Jean Lutz are recovering, uh, Ron from a cold and Jean from a sinus infection. We are praying for Marlene Groff. Um, she is home from the, the hospital. The prayer is trying to figure out what is actually going on, because as I was talking to Mike, um, wearing that heart monitor didn't show anything, and so, uh, but she was in the hospital for AFib, so just pray for wisdom. Um, we do pray for our guests who are in the parsonage right now, Kevin and Nisi, Uh, praying for a home, Uh, and also we want to remember the family of Kimberly uh, Gingrich, especially her daughter Elizabeth. Uh, Kimberly Gingrich passed away this week, Uh, and also uh, this morning uh, John Whelan um, having to put his cat down, Uh, and those who have pets know how traumatic that can be, so we want to lift John up. Uh, to you any other prayer concerns or praises that you have okay we'll go there uh, first, a pra- first a praise i have a neighbor ron who had he was fully vaccinated he got covid then for 3 weeks he had bell's palsy where his he had terrible pains in his face and his mouth was crooked he's now 80% recovered and the pain has gone away good so we have that, and this week my wife Chris is going to have a pain injection to try to alleviate some of the pain from the schooliosis in her back. Okay. Well, we'll keep Chris in our prayers, and and hopefully, we'll get some relief from that. And we're glad that your friend Ron is doing doing well. Okay. You see.
2: I shared a couple months ago about a coworker who was finally matched um, through adoption after 10 years of waiting. And so um, they traveled this weekend, and I can go into it another time. But unfortunately, they were taken advantage of. Um, The birth mom has decided to keep the babies, but there's a lot more to it. And it was just a very tumultuous week. Um, We are all just broken for them and even the kids are aware, and so we just, they are being very strong, but please keep Janina and Andy in your prayers, as they are now home from Michigan, and just trying to deal with this loss, um,
0: yeah. Well, we'll, we'll and it's Jenny and Andy, Janina. Janina, okay, uh, we're praying for them, uh, to go through that process, and, um, yeah, it is hard. So we will certainly pray for them for for peace. Mike. Um. Actually, this is a praise. Uh, the girl, the friend of our family, Lily, that I we talked about, she actually came home last Monday, this past Monday. So she's at home with her family and doing well. Okay. Well, we're glad that Lily's doing well. Any other concerns or praises? Oh, over here. I, yeah.
1: I, I also have a praise. Thankful that all four children are here with me today. Some, two of them are hiding around here somewhere, the older ones, but just thankful that they could all be here with me this morning, and I wasn't late.
0: Well, that's, that's, that is a praise, and we're glad to have your, your children here. Amy?
3: Um, our John's aunt Vesta is going through surgery today um, to get a trach put in so she's still in a coma um, so just continue prayers for them and the family and, and the doctors for wisdom and, and just peace and comfort for everybody
0: okay well we'll be praying for for your aunt and uh, John's aunt and so we'll be praying any others any from Zoom Okay. Well, let us go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Lord, as we celebrate your son, Lord, we, we know the joy in our hearts, the celebration that is coming. But it's not the celebration of Christmas, it's the celebration of knowing you, of one day seeing you, of one day being in your presence and not having to worry about all the stuff that goes on on earth. But Lord, as we are here, we see your love, your hope, your joy, and your peace. And Lord, we pray that that stands out in our hearts. Lord, we've, we have a whole list of those who are hurting. Those that are facing trials. That sometimes seems unbearable, but Lord, they are not alone. You're surrounding them, and we're to be your hands and your feet. We're to be your ears and your eyes. And Lord, so use us as comfort to those who are hurting. Those that have lost loved ones. Those who are still experiencing pain from things that have happened years ago, things that they still struggle with, but Lord at the same time, we are celebrating those who are being healed, those that are coming through surgeries and and bearing up and lord we we just pray for the the good news that some are finally coming home or seeing the light at the end of the tunnel slowly recovering. So, Lord, we do praise you. So, Lord, for those that are hurting, we pray for peace, for your mercy, for those who celebrate you right now, every day because of who you are. Lord, bless us with that peace that love, that hope, and that joy, so that others may know. So, Lord, hear our prayers. Hear our praises. Those that remain in the silence of our hearts, we pray this in Christ's most holy name. Amen.
3: reading from the book of Luke, chapter 1, beginning at verse 26 from the New Living Translation. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think of what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his descendant, of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever, for his kingdom will never end. For the word of the Lord will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Then the angel left her.
0: So, as we are gathering on this Second Sunday in Advent, um, I wanted to make, before I really get into um, the lesson today, is actually make the connection between the two, um, the two stories from last week to this week. And we look at both Zechariah and Mary's response. So if we look at what was actually needed Mary actually didn't need anything. It was Elizabeth who had a need. Elizabeth, as you know, was childless. uh, Kind of living in disgrace because she didn't have a child. And so it was, in that society, it it was such a peer pressure type of thing. But Mary didn't have anything. She was very young. She didn't have any need. And then what really stands out is the two encounters that they have with Gabriel, Zechariah and and Mary. Zechariah is in the holiest of holies. He's there doing his duty in the presence of God's glory. Mary is actually in Nazareth, in Galilee. It's far away from the temple. It's kind of despised, it's it's unclean, it's insignificant. Zechariah should have known better. When he heard the word, it was unbelief. How can this happen? Mary, on the other hand, even though she was a young girl, she actually understood what God's plan was. Now, I know we, you know we look at that and we go, well, both of them asked how. Well, understand, Gabriel kind of knew their hearts. Zechariah was, was one of, how can this happen? This is full of doubt. And Mary, being a young girl and asking, how can this happen? Not as of unbelief, just explain the plan. Her heart was already open. And so, as we go into our story today, you know, we imagine a woman at that time, in that society, you're unmarried, and even though you're engaged to be married, you become pregnant. And in that day, in that society, if you were found... To be with child, you would be found guilty of adultery, and you would be stoned to death. You are, now, you've become pregnant, like Mary did. Who do you tell? The question was, if you tell your parents, they can't support you because you'll bring shame onto them. You can't tell your fiancé because it would ruin his reputation And if you tell your friends, most of them would likely join in the crowd of judging you. So who do you turn to support? Where can you go to share this bad news? And this was the problem that Mary faced when she was told that she was going to have a child. All of this was going through her mind. And yet, regardless of what the cost was, she is willing To say yes. I will do the Lord's bidding. She was honored. And when you look at Mary and Joseph. You're looking at two people. Who. Why would God pick. Someone like Mary and Joseph. They didn't have really status. The only thing that actually Joseph brought into this. Is that he belonged to the line of David. But he was still young too. So. Joseph being young, and Mary being young, not having status, not being rich, what was important? The one thing that we do know about them is that they had an incredible amount of faith in God. It was that obedience to the will of God is why we talk about them today. When she was informed that she was going to be pregnant by God's Holy Spirit, her response was one of obedience. And the same is true for Joseph. Understand. Joseph was a righteous man. When he found out that Mary was pregnant, he didn't really know the whole story. He was willing to just divorce her quietly. In those times, the marriage actually hadn't taken place yet, but if you're engaged, you're as good as married. But when when he had the dream, and the Lord said, gave him the whole plan, Joseph said, I will follow. Married her, and kept the faith. So, Greg Keener puts it this way about Mary and Joseph being young. He says, in this passage of Matthew, in in Matthew's thing, we may work from the assumption that some people both in his day and our day would Challenge, the ability to obey God does not depend on age. Many of our cultures kind of learn from that. Sometimes we we think the older you get, the wiser you are, and sometimes that's true, but sometimes our children can teach us a tremendous amount of things. If you look at... That society, Jewish men in Joseph's days were usually married about 18 or 20. Jewish women would marry from 12 to 14, somewhere in that age. That's just how it comes. But, but they were young. And yet, God used them because of their faith. Think of Mary and Joseph at that young age showing the maturity to say, yes, I will follow the Lord. Do you remember what you were doing when you were 12 or 14? Or do you know what you were doing if you were 18 or 20? Can you remember that far back, Arville? No. <laughs> he was bad. Okay, Sharon already squealed on you. You're not getting Christmas presents this year, Sharon. I mean, we we look at that, and I know, I I know Mike's not here, but Jenny, I see the look of looking at maturity, yeah, I'm not there yet either, and I was just filling in for for Mike there, but I know, but I'm just saying, he he would be saying something to that, but that's I mean, think about that. If you go back to where you were as a kid, where you were as a teenager, where you were as a college student, or someone in their young 20s, to have the maturity to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to follow you regardless. Look at the obedience. And what we really know about Mary and Joseph is that they were poor. I mean, if you have to look at it, we know exactly what the first crib was. It's a manger. It's a, a place where you would feed animals. Joseph obviously um, didn't have enough family connections or influence enough to actually get lodging. He, there was no room at the end. He didn't know really anyone or or they just couldn't have him, and so Jesus is born in a stable with animals. You know, in that culture, they place such a high value on your family connections, on your political connections, your social connections. I'm so glad today we don't have that problem Oh, good, you, you found the sarcasm in that. Sometimes I, it's a little subtle in there. I mean, think about when Mary and Joseph presented Jesus at the temple. They didn't even have enough money to buy lamb. The only thing that they could afford was two turtle doves. I mean, the, the pigeons or turtle doves are to be offered to parents who can't afford a lamb. This is all they could afford. Afford. And it shows how God's love surrounds those who are poor. And God's mercy onto the poor. And the reflection of their social status didn't really matter. There was a... Some years ago, 2018... Christmas had become or has become kind of a ritual of accusation, of wanting more stuff. In 2018, there was a study that said the average American household took on $1,000 of debt during the holiday season. And if they could only afford the minimum payment of $25 each month, the debt with interest wouldn't be eliminated for five years. So if we look at the Christmas story, we look at the first, these parents, these wonderful, God-fearing parents, they did not have anything but faith. When we consider the poverty of Mary and Joseph, they were forced to be very simple in their lifestyle. And God chose them to raise his son. We have to look at the holiday season. Are we spending more than we need? Or can we be more simple? You know, as I was working on this Story, it still reminds me of how I saw Christmas. And I said a little bit about this last week, how it had to be about presents. And yet, now I'm understanding it's about God. It's about his son. Kathy and I were talking about this morning as we were coming in, maybe we should have a birthday party for Jesus on the 26th to remind us. Paul writes in Corinthians, God choose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. When we looked at last week's sermon, we saw Elizabeth and Zechariah who absolutely had, I mean, they had status, but they didn't have a child. And they were very old, and yet God used them to bring John. And now we see Mary and Joseph who has no influence, no power, no status. And we see them just being obedient. Why does God do this? There's a question I'm going to ask you when we get into that reflection time but I see time and time again God using those around us. Maybe they're not poor, but maybe they're poor in spirit. Maybe they're having a difficult time on Christmas season. Have you ever heard, there's a a service, and we might need to do that at some point here, called a blue service, a blue Christmas service, And it's those who are going to experience for the first time the loss of someone dear at Christmas and how hard that is. But to remind them that the joy and the love and the peace and the hope that God provides, we have to come alongside the people that are hurting in this world. see what we can do to help I have I I don't know if I've told this story, probably have my my father was a vice president of a bank and uh, we lived very well We were part of the country club and had status. Um, Dad had some health problems and turned to alcohol and finally kind of lost it all. Because Dad losing his job at the bank or or retiring from the bank at an early age, we could no longer afford the things that we normally could afford. You know, if I was going to do presents or whatever, I actually had to get a job and make money. My first job was delivering flowers, second job was in a department store. The struggle of going through college, knowing what it's like, knowing how it was to be very rich, and I know what it's like to be very poor. And I'm very blessed to God for allowing that to happen because I know now the struggles of what goes on. I know where you're worried about where your next meal's coming from, where the next check's coming from. How are you going to pay for this or that? I've been there. So again, I ask you Christmas is not about the gifts that you get. Christmas is about the gift that we received from Christ. Let us pray. Gracious Lord, we we sometimes get caught up in all the material things. And it's not bad to have presents on Christmas, but Lord, it's not just that. It is family. It is friends. But most importantly, it's your day that we celebrate you coming upon this earth, both as man and God, to show us the way, to show us your son, to teach us, and then for your son to give us the greatest gift his life. And through his life and death and resurrection, we have life with you. We are no longer enemies, but we are with you. We are your children. So, Lord, help us to celebrate this season by putting you first in all things. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So, in the reflection time... How can you be a part of this Christmas story? Are you on the lookout for how God is moving among the poor and the unseen? Are you, or are we looking more to the powerful, the influencers to change the world? So how can you participate in this Christmas story? Because this Christmas story is about all of us. How do we live out The Christmas Story. Okay, it just turned eleven o'clock. I'm here until two. Mm -hmm. See, I can have a drink. And it's nice and cold and refreshing. Just saying, I'm just, I mean, how can you participate in the story? Share? share the story. Absolutely. Share the story. What's another way? them having a good time just open your heart and perhaps your home to them opening opening your heart to them those who don't have family i was talking to um um my um, my friend uh, Les less cool who is a pastor and we talked on friday uh just about that he said if you want to bring someone's joy Go into a nursing home and see how many of uh, families are not there to celebrate, how many have, don't have anyone, and to come alongside to share your heart. You're doing some. You're, we're decorating a tree out there. Some of us are, are helping our guest, uh, Kevin and Nisi. Um, there are things that we can be doing. But let it not be about us. Let us about sharing the story, and to help those that keep our eyes open. And you know, I I, I will be honest. Being an introvert, it's very hard to keep your eyes open when you're walking through places. Because um, to our introverts out there, where do we keep our eyes mostly down? Oh, please don't let them talk to me. Please don't let them talk to me. And then I have to look up because we're going to miss someone. So let's pray. Gracious Lord, help us to share your story. The story of love and hope and joy and peace. But also to not just not just waste the opportunity. There are people who are in need. Help us to see them, to come alongside them, and to celebrate Christmas with them. So, Lord, put it on our hearts to share your Son with others. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, as we leave here today, help us to praise your son's name. Hail to Christ the King. Amen and amen.